0: Welcome to All Things Cardio-Oncology. My name is Steve Caselli. I'm the executive director of ICOS, and in this podcast, you'll hear from a diverse representation from our community. We want you to be both informed and inspired by their stories and experiences, and we're so glad that you've joined us today. Well, it's a pleasure today to be uh, with my friends and colleagues, uh, Dr. Susan Dent and Dr. Teresa Lopez Fernandez. Uh, I have the pleasure of working closely with each of them throughout the year. Um, Dr. Dent, Susan is the president of ICOS and Teresa is our vice president. And although I think we are certainly biased because we spend so much time with ICOS, I think we would all say we're really thrilled with the developments of our community this year. And so we just wanted to spend some time talking about some of the highlights from 2023 and I think if I, as I think back on this year, I think in a word, if I had to summarize 2023, I would say traction. I feel like we're really getting traction as an organization, as we've grown and developed. I've been a part of ICUS now for four years, and I think it's been um, obvious that we've really matured and grown organizationally. And now I think we're really digging in and making some some significant progress developing our community. So Welcome, uh, Susan and Teresa, and I'll uh, maybe toss it over to Susan to start with. What do you have any thoughts on kind of some highlights from this year that come to your mind?
1: Yeah, thank you, Stephen. This has been a tremendous year for ICOS. If I were to sum it up in one word, I would say growth. I mean, we've really seen growth along with the traction in 2023. And in fact, we now have 28 chapters around the world. And I think that's really a testament to the the areas of interest from our colleagues to what we have done as a group and our commitment to this organization. And I'd also like to highlight that in 2023, we actually welcomed four chapters, Cuba, Hungary, Korea, and Japan. And as you can see, these chapters are from around the world really a uh, testament to the growth of our organization. It's also, uh, I think, important to realize uh, how our membership has expanded. So we now have approximately 1,100 members, which is really remarkable from 40 different countries. And we are continuing to increasing to see the commitment from oncology. I think one thing we realize is that when we look at the membership in our organization, it's been very heavily weighted towards cardiologists, but we are gradually seeing an increase in the percentage of membership from oncologists. So last year that grew from about 8% to 11%. And then the other thing I really think I would like to highlight is the importance of those people who commit or volunteer their time to support this organization. So I know, Steve, you and I were looking at this the other day, and we have a number of committees, we have a number of working groups, but when you put all of that together, we have close to 200 members who volunteer their time to moving forward the goals and objectives of this organization, and I think that's truly remarkable.
0: Yeah, it is. The the growth of the membership is really significant, and I think the the relationships that we all have with each other as we work together are, are really special. And I always think it's important to remember too, how if you you just imagine uh, all uh, 1100 members are in clinics around the world, serving patients, it's really staggering to think of the number of people whose lives are actually being touched through the work of the organization, so it's really thrilling. Um, Teresa, anything top of mind for you that you would want to jump in and report on?
2: Thank you, Steve. I, I, I fully agree with uh, your last comment that uh, most of our members are uh, already working in clinic, so at the same time are trying to, to promote, to advocate on cardi-oncology, but uh, have a direct relationship with patients. So we are trying to, to really uh, bring to life uh, this uh, new sub this, uh, uh, cardio, this uh, Cardio-Oncology. And uh, I think that uh, uh, ICOS is a really important platform to support all these uh, physicians, nurses, all the stakeholders that really work hard uh, every day with, uh, with these patients.
0: Yeah. um, You mentioned the word stakeholders, and I think um, we would all agree that one of the exciting things we had held this year was what we called our first stakeholder summit. And the thought behind that was just recognizing that cardio-oncology is growing across the globe, and there are a number of medical societies and organizations that are engaging in the field and we really wanted to find a way to bring us all together so that the synergy of working together could really create something more significant. So Susan, you wanna tell us a little bit about that stakeholder summit?
1: Yeah, that was really exciting, Steve. So on September 11th of this year, um, we had a stakeholder summit via Zoom. And remarkably, we had 40 participants from 14 different organizations that represent both oncology and cardiology organizations. And that is truly remarkable when you think of all the organizations out there and the fact that they would be willing to come together and join us really to look at how can we come together as a global community to advance cardio oncology care so i was really struck by the enthusiasm from that group and by the willingness of them to come and meet with us in a common forum. and so Coming out of that first stakeholder summit, we have agreed, we, we asked people what were their areas they thought were of the greatest need in cardio-oncology. And now we're working on that, in terms of creating a sort of a white paper to really focus on the unmet needs. And importantly, not just do it for ICOS, but to do it for all of these organizations and ultimately globally and for the patient, right? We recognize there's a lot of work that needs to be done in this area, why not do it together as a global community rather than trying to do it as individual organizations? So I think that was really the highlight of that first meeting. So I'm really excited as we go into 2024 that we're gonna have some very productive and ultimately uh, great outcomes uh, that will impact patient care.
0: Yeah, we we kind of had this crazy idea as a board to try this and we weren't sure um... You know what the appetite would be for a meeting like this, and I think we were all pleasantly surprised by the enthusiasm of very large organizations globally who um, were eager to to jump in and get involved. And I think related to that, in terms of sort of you know global impact and influence and interest, um, we had our annual meeting this year in in Madrid, Spain. Teresa's hometown, and, and Teresa was at the heart of organizing that meeting, and it was really uh, a phenomenal international meeting. So Teresa, can you tell us a little bit about the Global Cardio-Oncology Summit of 2023?
1: Yeah,
2: thank you, Steve. In fact, yes, we hosted the, the Gcos meeting in, in Madrid last September, and we were able to, to bring together more than 600 participants for uh, 40 uh, different countries uh, around the world. And uh, it was a very, very exciting meeting. First, uh, it uh, reinforced the, the idea of how important is, is cardi oncology nowadays in cardiovascular medicine, but also for oncologists and, and hematologists. And uh, we uh, focused on, on the first day of the meeting on basic and translational research in cardi oncology which is key, because we really needed to increase our knowledge on the mechanism that uh, contribute to, to cardiovascular toxicity in order to design, uh, personalized and more precise uh, preventive strategies for our patients. And um, regarding uh, the, the way to, to create this uh, new sub-speciality uh, with uh, the different big societies, uh, during the, the GCOS meeting, we organize uh, several joint sessions with uh, the American Society of uh, Oncology (ASCO). Uh, we also uh, bring together Jack Cardi-Oncology, the European Heart Journal, um, ACNAP, which is uh, the European Association for Nurses and other um, professionals involved uh, in in the cardiovascular care patient with uh, with cancer, and I think that bringing all these uh, societies uh, together and of course all the Spanish societies uh, involved in in cardiology and in oncology. uh, We were able to really represent what are the needs of the community and uh, we also present uh, all the innovations uh, in uh, cardiovascular and oncology treatment during this uh, three days uh, session.
0: Yeah, it was it was a fantastic meeting and not the least of which was the location just being able to be in Spain together with our friends was uh, really fantastic. I think post-COVID we all love being together um individually and personally. And um I think one of the the features of that meeting that was a lot of fun was our first uh Champions League. Tell us tell us what that was and 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 how that all came about.
2: Well, that that, that was really really fun. We we
0: organize an uh, um,
2: online clinical case quiz uh, during the, the year before GICOS. Uh, and uh, we get uh, more than fifty teams or mini cardiology teams around the world that uh, compete online uh, to uh, to go to to the final in in Madrid. So finally we we get uh, three teams, two from Spain and one from Brazil. And uh, they they compete during a session for the first prize. And it was a uh, ICOS Brazil chapter, the one who, who win the, the first uh, ICOS Champions League. But uh, I think that the, the session was really interesting. It was really fun, but also very, very educational for, for young people because uh, one of the rules is that uh, people that compete in this, uh, Champions League were uh, young people, so those who are uh, starting to to work in cardiology to, to increase uh, their knowledge, but also to to help them to to work uh, uh, in a community, in in a multidisciplinary team, not by their own.
0: Yeah, it was great, and Brazil obviously came in very confident because they actually had T-shirts that they had made so they were Definitely. <laughs> they were very confident about that they can make, so make they make it yeah yeah <laughs> they won so they did great um yeah in fact we, we also it was also very very
2: uh, interesting not only the the Champions League but uh, the research symposium and the NASA symposium that was very well attended because uh, uh, we really need to to support all the different uh, professionals. Uh, that health uh, in multidisciplinary teams it's not just about uh, doctors and i think that this is also one of the beauties of icos that uh, uh, we have members from from different communities and we are able to to work all together uh, in different research projects or advocacy projects or educational projects
0: If you or your institution would like to have credentials that confirm your qualifications as a cardio-oncologist or a Cardio-Oncology Center of Excellence, we encourage you to consider applying for our certification exam in Cardio-Oncology or our certification for Centers of Excellence. These are the only certifications currently available in this field, and it's a special opportunity for you or your institution to distinguish yourself, recognizing your expertise in the field. More information about both these opportunities can be found at ic-os.org, or you can email icos at gmail.com for more information. And Susan, maybe tell us a little bit about um, the future for the GCOS meeting. I know as a board, we've already been thinking ahead, both obviously to 2024, but even to 2025. So what's what, can people look forward to?
1: Oh, Stephen, Minneapolis, right? Um, in 2024, it's going to come back to uh, the US, and uh, Dr. Ann Blaze is co hosting that meeting. So we're really looking forward to coming back to the North American soil. Um, but beyond that, we just have determined, the board just determined that in uh, 2025, the meeting would be going to South Africa. So we're really looking forward to going to a part of the world where GCOS has never been. And importantly, I think it gives us the opportunity to engage um, individuals from a different uh, part um, of the globe. And speaking to that, I mean, I think that what was also exciting about this year is that we were part of a meeting that was held in Ghana. And Ghana is sort of is looking now at starting their own uh, chapter as well. So while cardio-oncology has really become established in a number of higher income countries, I think now as an organization, we really do have to look at the lower and middle income income countries to see if we can bring cardio-oncology care to those parts of the world, right? I think that's always a sort of a challenge as to... um, is to, given the limited resources some of these countries have, what can we do to improve the care for patients in those countries? So I think that's really exciting. GCOS continues to be you know, an amazing event. It brings all of us together. We have a great time. We learn from each other. But we also, it sparks ideas, it sparks interest, and it brings people into a common space where we can determine where we need to go in the future. So. There's lots of exciting things happening moving beyond 2023. I think this has been an amazing year, but I really look forward to a great 2024 and 2025 and beyond. I think we're just um, at the point where we are going to make tremendous impact on patient care based on all the hard work that everyone has been doing at ICOS.
0: Yeah, I think we're all looking forward both to this year and the future. Our friends in South Africa—we have a chapter in South Africa—and they've hosted a couple um, cardio oncology meetings for the last two or three years, and and the field has really um, gotten some traction there as well. And obviously, you know, the Gcos meeting is is a centerpiece, a highlight for us every year, but. Throughout the year, there are a number of other educational opportunities and events that we're engaged in. Any any others come to mind that you'd want to mention?
1: I think one of our goals over the coming years is to collaborate with more of the organizations that are out there. So you had mentioned earlier ASCO, the American Society of Clinical Oncology, is obviously a very important organization to collaborate um, with uh, ESMO, the European Society of Medical Oncology. Maybe I'm just being biased here as I'm an oncologist, but it's really about engaging and um, more oncologists and anyone really that's interested. But that's sort of one of my highlights or one of my goals over the next year is to try and engage that group more. We've also you know, done some, some collaboration with MASK, which is a, a, a multi uh it's, a, it's an organization really looking at symptom management in cancer patients. So those have gone well. We've done some combined webinars with them. And I think overall, these collaborations have been going quite well. I think what's always uh, a nice outcome from some of these collaborations is that it sparks new ideas and new partnerships and and uh, new collaborations. So I think that's also a very exciting um, uh essentially achievement from 2023 is that we have done more collaborative webinars and we are always uh, looking to even do more collaborations. So the other one, Steve, is the SCMR, right? Mm -hmm. The Society of CMR, we're also looking at how we can collaborate with them in the future. And when their meeting comes back to the US in 2025, we're looking at doing some, I think, joint sessions with them.
0: Yeah, I think- Yeah, there's a lot going on in those joint sessions are always really significant because, um, again, the idea of synergy with other organizations and trying to work together rather than overlapping in our efforts. Teresa, any other highlights from the year that come to mind for you? It could be. uh,
2: yeah, focusing on, on on SCMR just to to close uh, this uh, this topic. In fact, uh, in January this y- next year, uh, in London, uh, we have a joint session Icos and SCMR during the during the big SCMR meeting that this year is hosted uh, in in London. And uh, regarding other important topic this year. Uh, we know that all of you are aware about the publication of the ESC and ICOS guidelines at the end of uh, 2022. So during 2023, we really have had the opportunity to mature this uh, this document, uh, to promote this document, and uh, to understand uh, what are the the key methods that we really need uh, to uh, present uh, to To the different um, professionals, in order to to implement these uh, guidelines in in clinical practice, and uh, of course w- we need more research to increase the level of evidence of uh, most of the recommendation. Let's see, but uh, now we we have a starting point. We have a plan. So if we work uh, to to improve the level of evidence uh, of uh, the most important recommendation of the of the ESC and ICOS guideline, I think that uh, we really have a good plan for uh, research uh, in the in the next years. And uh, uh, the research committee and uh, the scientific committee that uh, we have at ICOS can really support all these initiatives. And uh, I think that uh, if uh, our members or other people can present us uh, their research initiative, we can uh, help them in, uh, in the, the creation of a robust uh, research project in cardiology, which is also a, a very important uh, field.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the the guidelines and um, the the discussion around the implementation. That's something that has come up over and over and over again. Our weekly webinars. It seems like a week doesn't go by without some conversation about um, how do we how do we begin to implement the guidelines in this or that particular area of care. So amazing achievement and and really exciting to see how that's going to you know be a uh, guide for us going forward in the future as well. Um, one of the things, one of the other things that we developed a couple of years ago now was. Both an individual certification, so people can be certified as a cardio oncologist through an exam, and then also center of excellence certification, so institutions could get certified. Susan, I wonder if you could comment a little bit on just why what's the rationale behind developing these certifications?
1: Yeah, thanks, Steve. I think this is really important because you know, a cardio oncology is still a relatively new area of focus in medicine. And as the popularity of this area increases, anyone really you know, could say they're running a cardio-oncology clinic or they have a cardio-oncology program, but we felt it was important that we at least have a standard in terms of the knowledge of both individuals and programs and how they run their program. And so it really was almost like a quality control for us to say, if you want to be a cardio oncologist, this is what we as an organization feel should be your your knowledge set, right? So at at an individual level, and that at a program level, level, if you are setting up a program, which would include your clinic, but also um, other aspects of education research, these are the essentials that we think that should be part of a program. And so in terms from a program, programmatic perspective, you know, we have different levels, we have the bronze, silver, and gold, which really reflect the level of achievement um, for those individual programs. And also, importantly, for patients, right? For patients, it also tells them that this individual or this program has been reviewed by an independent body, which in this case is ICOS, and that we feel that they have a very strong program. Because otherwise, um, you know, for our patients, it can be quite confusing as to where should I go if I'm looking for this kind of care. So I think that's been a very exciting addition to Icos, and of course, that continues to grow. We continue to evolve um, that whole process. But I can tell you, at least looking at social media, when people get that certification, they are so proud of that. That is the other thing. I mean, I. See people say, we're so happy, you know, we got the gold certification. So it's something for uh clinics and organizations that are just starting out, it's it's something that for them to try and achieve, right? It gives them the goals of try to improve. And by doing so, by doing that, it's really about improving patient care, isn't it? At the end of the day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that we go back, that's our lodestar we go back to all the time. How is this going to impact patient care? How is this going to improve the quality of care for patients? And um, I just, I think those certifications, like you said, are a step in the direction of standardizing that care even globally. There's so much diversity in in medical care globally, and yet there are some common You know bases of knowledge that need to be in place and basic practices for how to run a clinic that apply globally so we want to always be be looking at that and trying to improve quality of care Um, teresa any other final comments or thoughts on the year or anything you're looking forward to in particular um, as we look toward the next year which is hard to believe it's a new year already but yeah, well, uh, the, the
2: the first thing is uh, thank you, Steve, for all your work because I it's not just it's not just me, but uh, I think that Icos uh, will not exist if uh, you are not uh, uh, behind all the activities and all the different groups. So this is my my, my first uh, important thing that everybody should know that uh, uh, you are uh, Icos, and uh, you really. Uh, are doing a, a really amazing job in organizing everything. So maybe we we, we can present or we can think about, uh, I remember that uh, Alex Lyon, in uh, his presentation at GICOS, uh, he presents some blue sky ideas, which uh, in, in Spanish uh, is like La Carta a los Reyes Magos, what we want for for next year so we, we expect us to to increase the number of our members definitely we expect uh, to to be able to um to present to the international community a very robust society that uh, can partnership with uh, other big societies in order to, to really uh, homogenize the the cardiology practice and the research practice
0: that's great. Susan, any closing thoughts? Well, I
1: couldn't agree more, Teresa. I was going to say exactly the same thing that, Steve, you've just been a, a rock, a solid foundation for this organization and um, just really been the face of ICOs. And without you, I don't think we would be here where we are today. So a big thank you to you. <laughs> and of course, as we you know head into 2024, a big thank you to all of the membership. And you are ICOS and you do make up what I'm considering to be an amazing organization. To all the volunteers, to all those people who are running their chapters, to all the individuals who see patients every single day and bring their knowledge to those patients to improve patient care, a big thank you. And I think as looking into 2024 and beyond, I see us growing I see us improving, hopefully learning how we can implement the guidelines, Teresa. Well, I mean, that is a big objective, I think, for 2024. But importantly, I look towards engaging more uh, individuals from different parts of the world so that we can bring better care to all parts of the globe, just not in North America or Europe or in higher uh, income countries. So I think that's another objective for us that really is I think, important that we want equity of care as much as possible across the globe. So thank you, um, Steve. Thanks to all the members. I'm wishing everyone a very, very happy uh, 2024 as we move through the next few weeks.
0: For more information about ICOS, you can go to ic-os.org where you'll find more information about all of our programs, including our weekly webinars, our board certification exam, and other resources that we know you'll find helpful. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to hear from you soon.